All right, it is 19 minutes past seven. We'll get an update on traffic in just a moment from Rob Beasy. But what on earth is happening here? A police station, Bat Plus police station in Pumalanga being robbed. Uh, a bunch of criminals walked in there. They stole weapons and basically overpowered the officers that were on duty at the time. I mean, how does this happen? Hmm. The police's job, amongst many other things, is to make sure that we are safe within the borders of our country. Now, for a criminal to be this brazen, I mean, what does that tell us? Let's get a sense of uh, the picture here. We're joined on the line by police and prisons civil union spokesperson, Richard Mababolo. Richard, good morning. Morning to you and the listener. Of course, as um, a union uh, representing officers, uh, traffic officers as well, correctional officers, this is a matter that you would not miss. This is a very, very concerning matter. Why is it so easy, clearly, for criminals to walk into our police stations and take what they want. I mean, it was just yeah, the other day, uh, it was just the other day, Richard, uh, that we had a man who had the, the guts to shoot his wife in the police station. What on earth is going on? Yeah, look, I mean, police stations are supposed to be places where victims find refuge and assistance. But now, however, they are turning out to be something which is uh, uh, out of the ordinary. I think uh, part of the problem that we've been raising as a union before with the SAPS has been the understaffing and the under-resourced stations uh, challenges that we've been having. So there is an even allocation of resources. Normally when you go to rural and uh, township, rural areas and townships, you find that those stations are under-resourced or understaffed. And uh, within affluent areas, of course, they are highly resourced. So that is part of the challenge. And and by the way, crime is mostly happening within uh, our rural areas and our townships. So it's a discussion we've been having with the SAPS. You remember that two years we had an incident in the Eastern Cape at Nova, where a similar incident occurred. But there have been numerous other uh, incidents happening across different provinces, and uh, uh, not much has been done about it. Even though we do get promises from different ministers, from the presidency, you know, state of the nation addresses Mm -hmm. where uh, the president promised that in the next 10 years we need to have violent crimes by half, you know. So there are all these challenges of resources that need to go into ensuring that uh, we do give them uh, this station's capacity. Otherwise, criminals do know that, uh, for example, they get information as to how many firearms are within those stations. Mm. And by the Mm. way, some of these firearms are then in return used uh, to terrorize communities, to create, exactly. uh, to commit killing uh, transit heights, and to kill police as well. I, I just want to jump in there, Richard, and, 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 and I'll let you uh, uh, speak as well, Pearl. But I mean, surely um, one could argue that perhaps, as we speculate, that this could have been intel that they got. I mean, how would they know where what is in the police station? How would they even know where the weapons are? It's just a thought, so I'm glad you brought that up as well. It, yeah, well, uh, there's that possibility. We've seen, we've had of cases in the past where that has happened, but in most instances, I would argue that uh, it's because of the understanding. I mean, for example, you look at the incident in Batlas in Pumalanga just uh, last week. What happened is that uh, you've got uh, a shift, you know, there's a night shift and a day shift. Each shift has got only five people, you know. So uh, at the time when the incident took place in Batlas, you had uh, two officers uh, do a patrolling, and then you had three based at the police station. Now, it's a community of about 30,000 people. How do you on earth expect that uh, five police officers can service uh, 30,000 people? By the way, again, 
part of the problems that have been in the SAPS is that uh, communities normally think that police are not committed to doing their work because immediately when there's a call out, it takes time for them to respond. Uh, uh, you, you, we also need to be aware that due to the challenges with resources and the capacity of police, you cannot expect two police officers to respond to incidents within a population of 30,000 people. So, so there are certain underlying challenges that police face. However, communities in most cases do not know about these challenges and then they assume that uh, well, police are just lazy. And that has obviously been uh, well created bad relations between communities and police. And again, you know, without uh, the cooperation of communities, police cannot do much about crime, the crime issue in the country. And it's, you know, clear that criminals are being more and more brazen. And quite frankly, this reactional stance is, is unacceptable. What, in your opinion, should be done just from a proactive perspective to make sure that things like this do not happen? Look, we need a multiplicity of approaches. Firstly, in the short term, you obviously need to have the SAPS management that is highly committed towards ensuring that uh, we restructure the SAPS in its entirety because when you look at the SAPS currently, we've got uh, 191,000 police officers. About 30% of those working offices, those are administrative roles. And then uh, you've got uh, most of them uh, based at national and provincial offices. Whilst on the Mm. ground where crime is actually happening, there are lesser police officers. So we need to have all those people who are sitting in uh, air-conditioned offices coming down to work Mm. on the ground in ensuring Mm. that uh, there's Mm. more police visibility and there's actually more work being done on the ground. That is part of the restructuring process. However, in the long term as well, uh, you know, since uh, 1994, most black communities have treated police as suspicious. They, that, has, that has been the history of South Africa. However, since uh, 1994, post-democracy, there has not been any engagement with communities around the role that police, the new service, mm. will, pro- mm-hmm. will be playing and what, how are they, the communities are supposed to relate with them. Mm. So, so those are some of the uh, challenges, certain things that we need to totally. obviously have an open discussion about. Yep. Because police are still treated as as, uh, people who are brutal and all those other things. Without necessarily understanding that most of our police officers are men and women. They are normal people, community members, who wake up on a regular basis every morning not being sure whether they'll be coming back to their families or not due to police killings. Yeah, if something needs to change, Richard... And uh, I think we agree with you on that one. Thanks for your time and thanks for just uh, painting a picture for us. Uh, Richard Mamabolo from the uh, Police and Prison Civil uh, Union uh, speaking on behalf of them. And of course, they deal with uh, police officers, traffic officers, correctional officers. They are their members. And just weighing in on this one, it's scary stuff. Thanks for your time. It's 7.26 coming up in just a moment. Headlines and sports. And then your chance to win with Albany. <laughs>